It's time for the WWE Week in Review, and there's so much to go over with just a mere three weeks until the day one pay-per-view, including RK-Bro coming to SmackDown with no explanation, Brock Lesnar teasing Paul Heyman as his advocate, and the heat continues to build with Naomi and Sonya Deville, that and so much more right after this. Hey guys, if you're looking to make a large purchase and take out a loan, but your credit score is low or you get denied, I've got somebody that can help you. It's the Credit Repair Goddess. They help you remove harmful and accurate information as well as monitor your credit report. Each credit analysis is custom to your desired outcome. You can check them out at creditrepairgoddess.com, on Instagram at credit underscore repair underscore goddess, or on Facebook, go to creditrepairgoddess.com. Goddess. Have you ever felt like there's something that you want to do, you should do, but you can't for some reason? And your your inner voice is telling you, look, you gotta do it. That's how I felt with this podcast. I really did. I knew that I always wanted to podcast. I had a passion for wrestling, but there was something inside that was blocking me from doing it. Fear of uh, failure, fear that I might sound bad on microphone. And there's all these things that I just knew that were my own creations, my own fears that were the problem. I was getting in my way. And I was doing that for years when I could have been doing what I love, had someone been there to help guide me through this. And that's where a life coach could have really been beneficial. And that's why I'd recommend a life coach to everyone listening, regardless of what you want to do in life, regardless of what your situation is, a life coach can be invaluable. And that's why I recommend Marcy Lesnick. She is a certified life empowerment coach, and she can help with things like sales mindset coaching, healthy relationship coaching, and much more. So go check out innerwarriorcoaching.biz. That's innerwarriorcoaching.biz where you can get all this information and much more including a video introduction of Marcy and how she can help you so guys don't wait another minute whatever's stopping you don't let it stop you any further go to innerwarriorcoaching.biz this is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre and you're listening to the WWE podcast One that everybody wants, me. You can acknowledge me. Welcome to the WWE podcast for this Sunday, December 12th, 2021. It's the week in review, of course, and Thank you so much for joining us here. Before we get going at all, I want to give a shout out to our latest patrons there over on Patreon.com. And that is both Chris Baldwin and Dennis McGinley. So thank you to you both for supporting the show and enjoy all of your ad free uh, content. And let me tell you, uh, you know, as, as the holidays near and even beyond the holidays, this is a very heavy ad, uh, ad time. So uh, with that being said, if you want to get rid of those ads, and I know we have quite a few and again, as the holidays continue, we're going to have uh, more and uh, you want to get rid of those ads and just listen to this show without interruptions. Patreon.com is the place. So search for us on the on Patreon or Patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Or you can just subscribe to us right on Apple Podcasts with 
uh, the native Apple Podcast app. There's right on our t- the top of our page on Apple Podcasts, there's a uh, want to get rid of this pesky ads button. And it says, like, try me or something. Or it says, try here. Uh, try for free. And you get to try us for seven days. And then it's only 99 cents a month. So, you know, it's a pretty good deal if you don't want to get into all those ads and you just want to listen without all the interruptions. Um, I'm also running a special for not only 99 cents a month, but $9.99 for the entire year. That is going to run at least uh, for the next few days, uh, maybe beyond that. We'll see how long it goes. But definitely, if you want to get yourself on board and not get all interrupted, that's the place to go. So let's continue here and talk about WWE. Let's jump in. Let's jump in after the shameful plugs. But it's holiday time, right? This is where our podcasters make our money. Okay. Uh, But hey, let's move into WWE and talk about what's been going on here. You know, I have to say, normally looking at December... It's normally in the normal world, although you many would argue, including myself, we're not in the normal world anymore with everything going on the last couple of years. I believe it's almost been two years since COVID. Yeah, let that sink in. But it's normally a downtime for wrestling. It's normally a time to kind of hit the pause button, a bunch of nonsensical shows, kind of cruise control, a by the numbers show, especially once we get into December. That has not been the case this year. WWE seems to be going pedal to the metal, and I give them credit for it. I'm not complaining about it at all because I normally am used to the garbage shows that we get on a weekly basis through December, and then once January comes around, they seem to wake up. Not this year. I mean, not this year. They they have Brock Lesnar back on a semi-regular basis. This is like the equivalent of a Brock Lesnar full-time. You know, like every four, five weeks, six weeks, this is a Brock. This is Brock Lesnar's full time. So I think that we're going to continue to see Brock Lesnar in a uh, semi-regular capacity, at least through day one. And then we're going to see what happens after day one. I don't anticipate Brock's going to win at day one. I don't think that's a spoiler to anybody. And I don't think it, uh, you know, is going to happen. But again, I credit WWE for not taking their foot off the gas. They, They seem to be going full steam ahead. And, um, you know, believe it or not, the holidays will be over in just a couple of weeks, three weeks or so. And we're past New Year's and into 2022. And God knows what the hell that year is going to bring, right? From personal, political, sports perspective, who the hell knows? But that said, it is a good time to be a wrestling fan. And you wonder if the reason for them not taking their foot off the gas, so to speak, is because of their, their actual competition. Now, they may not, they may say that they're not actual competition, they're competition. Um, and, and funnily enough, if you go to my, I don't know if it's really that funny, but I don't know. It's the only transition that came to my head. If you go to my, uh, my, my TikTok page and you search the WWE podcast, I did a video on this about WWE calling AEW competition. I'm not talking about Vince. We all know what Vince said in that uh, conference call a, month, a few months ago. But Becky Lynch not calling WWE competition. And this was a, a, an a interview she did about three weeks ago. And she, I think it was for BT Sport, and she didn't call AEW competition. She kind of towed the company line and said that they are, when directly asked if she viewed AEW as competition, Becky Lynch paused and gathered her words correctly, probably trying to align herself with whatever the chairman said. And she spent, essentially spewed out the same exact garbage. And I understand why. I'm not, I'm not blaming or, or complaining about it because she works for the company, but she essentially said, uh, I don't know if they're competition. She said, I view, them, I view them as an alternative. Well, 
news for you. I don't know if anybody has ever taken just a general business class. Alternatives within the same market are competition. I, I love the language play that they're all just told to say that AEW is the alternative. No, they're they're not. Well, I guess they are an alternative, but I guess AEW could say that WWE is the alternative to their product. I mean, or, or Microsoft could say that they're the alternative to Apple uh, or that, uh, you know, Toyota is the alternative to Honda. I, I mean, <laughs> um, they're all alternatives because it's just another choice. That's all alternative means is another choice. But if you are in the same market and there are many choices in that same market, that's competition. The, those individuals in that market that you're in our competition. So I think the stigma of calling it competition would, in some people's minds, i.e. Vince McMahon's, would almost create a surrender of sorts that, yeah, this these guys are actually true competition. And it would almost be a blow to his ego. I, I think it all comes down to that, honestly, that he doesn't want to admit that they're competition. So he comes up with this other verbiage that if you just take three seconds to think about is the exact same thing as competition without saying the word competition. Okay, I've, I've dove into this a little bit too much, but I wanted to give my piece on that. I dove a, a little bit into that, kind of skimmed the surface on that on my TikTok with a video I did on Becky Lynch. Um, and again, I'm not ragging on Becky Lynch. She is employed by WWE. She needs to do what she needs to do. But anyway, okay. So let's dive into the, the big topic here. Talk about bearing the lead. You know, no, most podcasters that are smart would leave the big ticket items for the end so that you listen to most of the show and try to figure out when, when I'm going to talk about the big items so that you listen to more of the show, which jacks up my stats. Nope. No, I, I don't really care about that. I mean, I care about the downloads, but if you guys listen to me, you like you, you like what we deliver. If you don't, you're not listening anyway. So that's how I look at it. But I'll say this. Let's talk about Brock Lesnar. Okay. I think that is the biggest news story coming out here of the week. I mean, arguably, there's other stories coming out. Chris Jericho's health, Jeff Hardy uh, possibly going to AEW. And for that type of news, I would encourage you to go to listen to Amanda Jin's podcast she did for us last night on the week or the, on the week in review, the uh, news brief. And uh, much credit to her. I know she's got a crazy schedule work-wise and uh, much appreciated. So, okay, well, again, Brock Lesnar, let's talk about it because this dude is – and was getting weirder by the week. I was fully behind and I still stand behind. I don't like the version of Brock Lesnar that we're, we did see at least in the first half of this uh, show, you know, him coming out and essentially like a, uh, I don't know, like a butcher's gown of, of sorts, a butcher's, I guess that's what you call it. Um, apron. I, I don't know. The, the, I'm, I don't know the verbiage for that either. I think that's what you'd call it, but yeah, he came out after Sami Zayn was running his mouth and he had his two male nurses with him and uh, clearly just local talent dressed up as nurses. And Brock came out and made fun of them as male nurses. I'm actually surprised about that, not because I'm personally offended by it. But when you look at the political climate, you know, Brock making a comment that there are male nurses. Right. Think, I mean, think about that. Like, think about where we are politically. And I'm not getting into politics. I'm just making an observation of the life we are all living in in the world we're living in right now, that there isn't any backlash, at least none that I'm aware of about making a joke that men can be nurses. Right. I mean, I know that it's traditional that when you hear nurse, a lot of times female comes to mind when you hear doctor, a lot of times male comes to mind, but I know both genders can be both. And there's no problem with that. But my, my point is that though, I'm, I'm shocked that they actually went with that. Nonetheless, Brock Lesnar, 
uh, comes out and he apologizes to Sami Zayn and uh, sincerely apparently invites him back to go hunting and fishing. And uh, Sami Zayn reluctantly, reluctantly goes and Brock Lesnar's acting kind of weird as he was the last few weeks. And thank the high heavens that Paul Heyman comes out and he knocks some sense into Brock Lesnar by essentially assuming his old role inadvertently kind of catching himself saying that, you know, what happened to you, Brock? You, you know, you used to be the reigning, defending, undisputed. I mean, and then he went in his whole rigmarole, which seemed to spark something in Brock. And then he snapped and uh, destroyed everyone in sight, F5ing Sami Zayn once again. So I like how they are starting to revisit this again. The Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns dynamic seems to have died. Uh, or at least taken a sabbatical for a few weeks, and now they're kind of bringing it, they're bringing it back, and I like that. Roman off this week, I also like. I like how Roman takes these random weeks off, uh, you know, kind of every month or so, or five weeks, he takes like a week off. It's nice. I know it probably angers some people in attendance, but you got Brock Lesnar there. You got an F5 out of it. You got a decent main event. Uh, but Roman Reigns now there cert- certainly does feel like something's missing. He's that big of a part of the show. Uh, and I think that that's why they brought RK bro in for absolutely no, no reason. And we're going to get into that, but I think that that's kind of their way to somewhat balance the equation of Roman not being there by bringing in a tag team. Um, we'll get to that next, but here Brock Lesnar ends up just destroying everyone in sight and he ends up finding Adam Pierce backstage and talking about how he hunted a moose and he named the moose Pierce and he talked about what he did to the moose. Oh, by the way, did you notice, guys? They never explained why Brock Lesnar's suspension was lifted. You notice that? I told you. Unless, I mean, again, there still could be some far out, uh, far out wrap up to this where it's revealed that so and so brought Brock back and maybe, maybe it's revealed. And you know what? If I'm, if I'm wrong in this, I'm wrong, but I hope I'm not that they don't come back to this and explain why, but it may have something to do with Paul Heyman. Maybe it's revealed that Paul Heyman has something to do with Brock Lesnar's return and why his suspension was lifted. Perhaps that's the reason. Perhaps that is the reason why. And it's eventually made uh, clear to Roman. That's why. And it all kind of comes full circle, right? I think that is possible. That's really the only way is Paul Heyman is involved in Brock Lesnar's suspension being lifted. By the way, Brock Lesnar's $1 million being donated to charity? What? <laughs> what are we talking about? I mean, this is the this is a WWE contract. And by the way, fines, that's not how fines are uh, dealt out, typically. Fines are usually just a d- deduction in pay. You don't actually have the talent or, uh, you know, in, in any other major sporting conglomerate in the world a suspension and fine usually the fine again is paid out of their salary they don't have the talent cut a, ch- a check to the organization it's just taken out of their their pay that they were going to get it's just deducted but apparently that was given to charity uh whatever fine i mean i'm rolling with it adam pierce was uh, confronted by brock i was hoping that uh, there'd be something more there and uh, so that we'll, we'll see what happens with that wrap up. But then Paul Heyman slips up at the end and uh, or rather Brock says that uh, why don't you ask my my advocate, Paul Heyman or my advocate. Right. And he didn't name Paul Heyman, but it all but appears that behind the scenes, Brock and Heyman are working together 
and we'll see what the tribal chief has to say about that next week. So, all right, well, let's let's get into RK Bro and this this main event that they put together with uh, the three tag teams that were apparently pre-qualified to determine who is the best tag team in WWE. And that was, you know, the tag team champions for Raw, the tag team champions from SmackDown, RK-Bro, and the Usos. And you throw a New Day there as a, a contender to decide who is the best tag team in WWE, in all of WWE. However, if you're really going to go with this, right, if you're really going to go with who is the best tag team in WWE, you have two logical ways. One, you take the Raw Tag Team Champions versus the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Why would you do that? Well, if you hold the titles on either respective brand, that is implicitly saying that they are the best team on that brand. You're holding the championship. Therefore, you are the best in the division you are in. That's one way. The other way is to involve every team that exists right now in WWE. Every team. Not just handpick three. I'm glad they at least put the champions in there, but then you throw the new day in there and there was no other reasoning. Why, why, why didn't the Viking Raiders get a chance? Why didn't the street profits get a chance? Why didn't alpha alpha Academy get a chance among others? I mean, why these three? And again, I know it was just a kind of a marketing ploy. This is nothing more than just, again, trying to make up for lost ground of Roman not being there, but then you had new day win. I mean, yeah, New Day win on what was a terrible finish. I mean, it was just awful. It, it was a sloppy end. Um, I, I mean, the New Day win, and uh, honestly, nobody cares. And, and by the way, nobody cares about Xavier's crown. Yeah, I had to talk about that. I Granted, granted, I'll, I'll give them this. It is a nice-looking crown. It, it's actually kind of a badass-looking crown. Uh, but here's the problem. He's still pray, playing pretend at 35 years old. You're playing dress up, my friend. The character is right, and, and we're all supposed to rally around this video game inside joke pancake d bag. I mean, are we supposed to really? How are we rallying around this guy who has not had a character alteration in seven years? You could say that about a lot of people, but nah. See, see how easily it is to tip me into the absurdity and anger of the new day. It's it's amazing. And Kofi Kingston, again, is the worst of the worst. As bad as Xavier is, Kofi is just, um, he's like my personal hell when it comes to a character. Um, you know, it, it is just the absolute worst with Kofi Kingston uh, as a character. And again, there, why are we all surrounding Kofi, Xavier Woods to reveal a crown? Do the Viking Raiders really not have anything to do? Are they that bored? I'm trying to think who else was in attendance. People that should have no business. I mean, the Viking Raiders, the only real true tag team in WWE, in my opinion, have really, oh, maybe outside of the Street Profits, they're, they're, um, they feel like more like a cohesive tag team, too. But the Viking Raiders really have it all going on, I think, in terms of just the feel, kind of the old school tag team feel. And they have nothing better to do other than stand there and watch Xavier Woods play with his toy crown and, and pretend that he's a king and you know, say, like, hear ye, hear ye. I mean, can someone come around and just like torch everything again? Can can somebody just dumpster fire all his stuff? This is the worst. It's, it's a man child. This dude's a man child. And you know what? The, the worst part about it is I believe he's like this in real life, which is why it's been working, quote unquote, for so long is because this guy is actually like this when it comes to real life. I think a big part of that is that 
And yes, he can go in the ring, but the dude still plays video games all the time. Um, and I got nothing against playing video games. I love video games as much as the next, but when you you make a career out of it while you're still in a career like WWE, your focus is in the wrong place, man. Have you ever felt like there's something that you want to do, you should do, but you can't for some reason, and your your inner voice is telling you, look, you gotta do it. That's how I felt with this podcast. I really did. I knew that I always wanted to podcast. I had a passion for wrestling, but there was something inside that was blocking me from doing it. Fear of uh, failure, fear that I might sound bad on microphone. And there's all these things that I just knew that were my own creations, my own fears that were the problem. I was getting in my way. And I was doing that for years when I could have been doing what I love, had someone been there to help guide me through this. And that's where a life coach could have really been beneficial. And that's why I'd recommend a life coach to everyone listening, regardless of what you want to do in life, regardless of what your situation is, a life coach can be invaluable. And that's why I recommend Marcy Lesnick. She is a certified life empowerment coach, and she can help with things like sales mindset coaching, healthy relationship coaching, and much more. So go check out innerwarriorcoaching.biz. That's innerwarriorcoaching.biz where you can get all this information and much more including a video introduction of Marcy and how she can help you so guys don't wait another minute whatever's stopping you don't let it stop you any further go to innerwarriorcoaching.biz if you're looking to make a large purchase and take out a loan but your credit score is low or you get denied I've got somebody that can help you it's the credit repair goddess They help you remove harmful and accurate information as well as monitor your credit report. Each credit analysis is custom to your desired outcome. You can check them out at creditrepairgoddess.com, on Instagram at credit underscore repair underscore goddess, or on Facebook, go to Credit Repair Goddess. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. I mean, anyway, anyway, I'm going way off the deep end here. My point is, yeah, the the, the crown thing was dumb as expected, uh, and the RK Bro thing. Look, RK, look, having Randy and Riddle on SmackDown, I know why they did it. Uh, explained earlier but they also as great as you know is to see riddle and orton which are still a nice really nice tag team it's going to be a while before they break up i think is that uh they got they gave no explanation none nobody cares they're just brought over uh just because nobody said why they didn't try to make a draft rule exception. There wasn't like a formal invitation exception. Uh, there wasn't a wild card or a quarterly invitation. There was nothing. It was just we're supposed to accept it. We're all just supposed to supposed to accept it. This no explanation. Brock Lesnar's suspension being lifted. No explanation. The uh, again, I'll go back to the hurt business being reunited and then disbanded again. No explanation. I mean, the list goes on. It just, it just, it's lazy, 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 lazy storytelling. Or P 
people do care and it gets brought to Vince and Vince thinks that we don't care. Therefore, it doesn't get told because it doesn't further the ultimate storyline when in reality, finishing up old stories, if you want to end it there, then wrap it up and tell us. But don't go to the next step unless you've completed the previous one fully. It's simple. It's simple. And things like these can be easily rectified. Just lie to me. Lie. I, I, I'd really, I mean, if you lie to me, I'll never know. But I'd, I'd, I actually would respect a lie over nothing because at least it would tell me that you respect the fact that fans pay attention to basic details. This isn't even like a minute detail. These are basic storytelling details that apparently Vince feels that the fans don't have the intelligence or the knowledge or the ambition to really make sure WWE follows up on these things. You know, but again, lie to me. Say that they, I don't know, say RK Bro uh, was speaking with Adam Pierce over the weekend and he felt it was a good idea, so he got approval from the board. Boom. I came up with that in three seconds, and I would have accepted that, and many fans would too, over just nothing. The ignorance, or rather the the arrogance, that's the word, the arrogance of creative, really Vince, to not fill that hole is, I mean, again, it's, and maybe they don't want to explain it because if they do, then they'll be cornered into making sure they use that excuse for the next time, but it doesn't have to be something structured. It can be loose. Like I just said, <sighs> all right, well, RK bro don't get the victory here, but no one cares because the real, the best tag team in WWE is not the new day. Um, they're one of the worst tag teams in the history of the company in my mind. And I will stand by that 100%. Yes, the metrics of money and crowd reaction, that's great. But you know what? In a subjective sport, I will stand by the New Day being one of the absolute worst. Uh, and, and it's amazing how long they've gone. But fine. I know a lot of you love them. And that's cool. You know, really. Like, I understand the reasons behind people why they do. But the other thing is, I think I brought this point up um, in a previous show, is that Randy Orton must be loving this. I mean... Riddle does about 90% of the work now. I mean, Randy was Orton was in the match for about two and a half minutes. You talk about preserving his body, preserving his career. I mean, Riddle is just taking bump after bump after bump, and it's the same formula, right? It's the same formula for RK-Bro. Not a complaint because it works. It works, and it's just a kind of a tried-and-true formula where Riddle is, you know, Randy starts the match, we have a couple, a little bit of offense, and then it immediately transitions to Riddle, who does about the other 90% of the offense and taking the bumps and uh, you know, teasing the hot tag, teasing the hot tag, and finally getting it. And again, Riddle at that point had taken about 12 minutes of a beating, and Randy comes in for the last two minutes and uh, finishes things up and uh, you know, either gets the victory or the loss. And I mean, again, that's, that's good for Randy, right? I'm sure he's loving that from that respect of, he hasn't been in a tag team in a while. He's able to preserve his body while also being ex still extremely relevant. He's also a tag team champion. There's really just nothing uh, that Randy has to complain about right now. And eventually they'll break up and he'll go into his own, you know, his own singles career. So, um, but looking forward to Raw, kind of jarring all over the place here. But uh, as I think about it, because I will forget, Monday Night Raw has some interesting developments coming out of it. I mean, I'm, I am looking forward to Raw more than I have in quite a while uh, tomorrow night or tonight as you listen to this or maybe yesterday <laughs> again all perspective is that uh, we have Liv Morgan coming off a career night career night I want to see how that wave of momentum rides 
Uh, we also have AJ Styles and Omos, the beginning of the beginning of the end for those two. And we have Bobby Lashley, who is going to insert himself into the title picture. On SmackDown, they tried to position the promo for Raw as Bobby Lashley. Will he be able to? Will he able to force himself into the title picture or something like that? And the answer is, of course, yes. They wouldn't advertise something like that if they weren't going to deliver that. So you can pretty much bet your, you know, you know what that this is going to be a fatal four way at day one. I mean, that is a foregone take it to the bank conclusion. Which, as we spoke about. Many, many weeks ago, this is a protection for Big E. And there's this is the opportunity to take it off Big E without having Big E be involved in the decision. Kevin Owens takes the loss. If he's going to AE, if he's going to AEW anyway, uh, even if he's not, they've had Kevin Owens lose big matches clean. This is just a, a great time to do it. And it, they should do it and put it on Seth freaking Rollins. So really just a, a great time uh, for, for Raw coming up tomorrow night. Um, on Monday Night Raw, <clears throat> again, one of the more anticipated Raws in recent memory. And that's not saying too much, but for Raw, it's a big deal. For so, so long, SmackDown was just beating the hell out of Raw. And now Raw has some actual real positives to look forward to, including where the hell's Alexa Bliss? We get some teasers. Alexa Bliss is around the corner as well. And that'll be fun. So, oh, okay. Well, <clears throat> again, uh, summing the tag team matchup, I thought it was fine. New Day winning, don't care. Uh, and I, I think the crowd didn't really want New Day to win either, and I think they were all about RK-Bro. Um, so, all right. Well, let's continue. And one thing I really did like as we continue some positive things here is the Sonya Deville and Naomi program. I can't believe this has been going on. Did they did they say actually four months? Was that in the video package when it had a timestamp of four months ago? Oh, my God, if that's the case. Where the hell has time gone? But this all did start with Naomi returning and asking for a match and Sonya jerking her around and then eventually turning fully on her and you're going to get my match I'm gonna, or I'm going to have a match with you only to have it actually be uh, have it be Shannon Baszler. All of this back and forth, building heat, building heat. And we finally think we're going to get that matchup this week with Sonya Deville and Naomi. But Natalia and Shayna Baszler were there as the ring announcer and timekeeper, and we had uh, Naomi take them both down. But as the three of them eventually tried to gang up on Naomi, we had Zia Lee, Zia Lee debut and make her make the save, positioning her as a babyface. Right call, helping Naomi to to stay uh, chase off Deville, Natalia, and Baszler. And so Zia Lee again, um, cool, nice entrance. Uh, a little bit Oscar feel to her and uh, interesting to see where they put Oscar and her. If Oscar uh, is indeed eventually drafted to SmackDown, that of course remains to be seen. Um, hopefully they don't, you know, hopefully I will say this. They don't put them in a tag team and have them, you know, win the tag team belts. Like uh, who, who was it? Her and uh, Kyrie Sane. That's who it is. I couldn't think of it. And they just become irrelevant. Like, I mean, I, I'm fine with them working together or as a team, but it seems as if the same ethnicity Vince likes to keep together ethnicity and race. Uh, Vince likes to segregate and I'm not trying to be negative or bring up any kind of, you know, triggers for anybody, but that's just, that's just a fact. That's just what Vince has done with his tag teams and groups and factions and everything else. So we'll see if he does that when eventually Oscar returns and uh, Bailey too. I mean, we, we got a lot of nice returns coming down the pike. Bailey. Uh, we have, I was going to say Sasha, we got Bailey, 
We've got uh, Alexa Bliss. We have uh, Asuka, as I just mentioned. So there's a lot of nice talent coming back to the roster to help bolster this women's division that does need it. But Xylee, nice introduction, cool intro. Uh, she looked like Raiden from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> That's what she kind of referenced to me with the lightning coming out of her. But what's hilarious is it only looks cool to people at home. I am fairly sure, I could be wrong, but I'm fairly sure if you're in attendance, she didn't actually have lightning shooting out of her hands. I could be wrong. I've been known to be wrong about this stuff, but I'm fairly sure that it was probably a better visual presentation for those who were at home with the CGI uh, uh, advantages rather than uh, in person with just the, uh, the, the poses and the uh, kind of Mortal Kombat uh, moves that she was doing as part of her entrance to the ring. And it was it, I was imagining it without the lightning, and I, I was laughing. Um, so the lightning does help. Uh, so again, um, I, I do wonder how that did transition with no lightning in person. I'm not saying Xylee uh, is, is embarrassing or anything like that. I think she's fine. You know, she she so far looks good to me. Uh, again, we'll see. She gave a kick, a kick to Sonya Deville, and uh, she left the ring. Sonya did with Natalia and Shayna Baszler. So it was kind of a three-on-two situation there, and I'm sure that it'll eventually be a three-on-two situation, probably at day one, rather than Naomi versus Sonya. But I'm sad if they don't eventually get to Sonya and Naomi. They've built to this for four months. And I will applaud them in this, too that we also got the heat building that very rarely happens where for so long, I mean, it's been months now, Naomi has not gotten her hands at all on Sonya, at all. I mean, there's been no, no retaliation on Naomi's part, which has been very, very interesting, and I love it, and it makes me so angry in a good way that I want to see Sonya Deville get destroyed. And I will say, I don't want Naomi to to give her the, the, the rear end and, and, oh, well, we're even now. Four months of uh, of being disrespected and jerked around. Eh, well, I guess my ass in your face once. No problem. We're, we're, let's call it even. No. No, 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 no. Naomi needs to go for blood. I wish I could say that literally, but what she needs to do is attempt to snap the ankle, maybe bring a chair in the ring or put it around her neck and attempt to not actually probably follow through, but attempt to follow to attempt to uh, try to end Sonya Deville's career, you know, not just go, Oh, you're going to get it girl. And then she gives her rear end and pins her. And uh, we're supposed to feel all good. And, and even about it, even Steven, no, 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 not with a four month build. So I want Naomi to go out for blood. She'd look like a fool. If she doesn't, at least creative would make her look like a fool. So they've got me invested still. I know many of you out there are not into this, and they've you've felt that this has gone on too long. Let's just get to the match. Well, yeah. Isn't that the point? I always make a point about cha- channel changing heat. I really beg to differ for you guys, that those that would argue that this is not real hill heat. Are you trying to change the channel, though? Or are you just annoyed that they're not actually getting to this match and we just need to have Sonya and Naomi one-on-one? There's a difference there. This one to me is not channel changing at all, and it's good heat that we don't see very often. So uh, that's what I thought about that. Tony Storm defeats Charlotte Flair via disqualification, and that's because Flair wouldn't stop attacking Storm on the ring apron. 
and that caused a DQ on Flair's, uh, Charlotte Flair's part. Tony Storm wins, of course, but not really a victory for her when she's the one left laying. What's interesting, too, is uh, apparently we have Sasha Banks backstage just being the cheerleader for all of these baby faces now. And, and that is, again, a progression in the right direction if you are trying to create a baby face Sasha Banks, which I never felt is authentic. And she still does her stupid, her stupid laugh that is just skin crawling. It's it's ha 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 ha. Something along that tone. I can't get, of course, that was a really bad impression. But it's that kind of, that that fake kind of, I don't know what it is laugh. That mean girl laugh that, I don't know how to describe it. You you have it in your head. I have it in my head. And she was rallying behind Tony Storm backstage. Tony was kind of, looked like she was a bit starstruck. That, oh my gosh, Sasha Banks is talking to me. And... Yeah, it's fine. You know, I know what they're trying to do though with Sasha. I get it. I get it. So Tony Storm again gets beat down, but Charlotte uh, ends up uh, losing the match. But that doesn't mean anything because really Charlotte was the last one standing, and this match is easily going to day one. So that's going to be fun. All right. Um, what else? Oh, Sheamus defeats, uh, or I'm sorry, Drew McIntyre defeated Sheamus. After a Claymore, is a clean victory. This this is a program not going anywhere. And um, the, before the match, though, we had McIntyre confront Adam Pierce about being left out of the number one contender battle royal, the Black Friday battle royal just two weeks ago, and that it was told to him, to Adam Pierce from higher ups, that uh, we couldn't have Sheamus, or rather McIntyre, bring his sword to the ring anymore, and McIntyre had to leave the sword behind. So McIntyre drove the sword through Pierce's desk. Mad Cat Moss and Happy Corbin, of course, stole the desk and it included the sword. So uh, that was during the match. So Mad Cat Moss and Happy Corbin are apparently working the, a bit of a small program with McIntyre here that will easily conclude at uh, day one. And that's fine. Yeah, I really have no problem with him working with Mad Cam Austin, Happy Corbin. People feel it is below him. And you know what? From a, from a, I guess, a totem pole standpoint, sure. Mad Cam Austin, Happy Corbin are nowhere near the star Drew McIntyre is or have achieved the levels of success that he has. But in what I think is always a great way to rebuild somebody is to have them go from the top and then kind of crawl back or, or hit hit the, I guess, hit rock bottom, so to speak, and build yourself back up. Now, McIntyre never really hit rock bottom, but he went on the downside, and he should have. He was in the title picture way too long. Working with Happy Corbin and, and Moss work. And it's going to be fun to see what McIntyre does to these two. Um, it's, a, it's a shame that Jeff Hardy wasn't involved in this because I'm sure they were eventually working to a Sheamus uh, I keep saying Seamus. I'm looking at the word Seamus. To a McIntyre and Hardy versus Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin matchup at day one. Maybe it's just a handicap match now. We'll see. Um, the funny thing is, with McIntyre's sword, being the, well, apparently the higher-ups told Pierce to tell him he couldn't he couldn't uh, bring it to the ring. Um, well, what was your first clue? I mean, he's been swinging it around for months. And just now, he they decide to take that deadly weapon away from him. 
at the same time, we all know he will never, ever, 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 ever use it. It's never going to be used, ever. Never. Even maybe in the Attitude Era, something like that wouldn't be used. How are you going to possibly use that? You know? It's, it, are you going to seriously slice somebody in half? The answer is no. It's, all, it's, a, it's 100% a prop. Now, the meaning behind it may be real, and the sword actually itself may be real. But the implementation of the sword as a weapon, it's LOL is what it is. It's laughable. It looks cool with them. I get it. Everything's good up until you actually try to use it. Like, again, like it looks good. It fits him. This backstory I like. But it's a complete fabrication when it comes to believing that it's going to be utilized as a weapon. And we all know it's not going to be. So that always is funny to me when people, you know, move out of the way when he's swinging it around. And it's like, I would, I would just stand there if I was, you know, competitor. I'd be like, do it. Commit murder on live TV. Right? All right. Anyway, uh, so that's where Drew is. He's in a hold me over pattern. And, and, and he's on TV. He's still trying to chase the ultimate dream, but he is uh, being sidetracked here and there, and that's fine because right around the corner is Rumble and then WrestleMania. So look out is all I have to say about that. Okay, what else happened on SmackDown? I want to make sure that I didn't miss anything that might have covered pretty much everything. Uh, switching over to, to Monday Night Raw. Now, of course, this is one of the better Monday Night Raws that we've had in a long time. I mentioned that a lot of other podcasts mentioned that this is not news and it was six days ago now. Uh, so maybe by the time you listen to this, there already have been a new raw that you've seen, but we had the cage match with Biggie and Kevin Owens. I have gone through many, uh, a rant about the door being used as a, as a way to win the match. And, uh, I, you know, I apologize if I've already said this, I'm so sleep deprived by the way that I, <laughs> I really can't remember what I said to you guys and I haven't. Uh, it's just a it's a rough sleep patch right now with uh, our four month old. So, yeah, just it's tough. I mean, th- that's why I haven't been bringing on a guest for the week in review for the last couple weeks because it wouldn't be fair to the guest with all the interruptions I've had. With this being pre recorded, I can start and stop at my leisure, right? But if I bring somebody in and they're on Skype or whatever, I, I don't want to have somebody hang out for twenty minutes while I try to put my you know my daughter back to sleep. Like it's not fair, right? Um, and yes, I have my wife, but my wife is dealing with my my son, who's also kind of he her hears her and he wakes up. It's this domino effect, right? It's a mess. So <laughs> until things get back on track, you know that's why I haven't had a guest. My original intention was to have somebody on. I had somebody in mind tonight, and I said, you know what? It's not fair. I can't bring somebody on and then have them sit there in silence, giving me their time for however long it takes. So uh, that's why the reason the reason why, if you're wondering, hey, why isn't he having anybody on? Why isn't he doing the Weekend Review co-host thing? It's just sleep deprivation and um, the, my, my, uh, my children's sleep schedules right now are absolutely insane. Insane. So that's why. Okay, well, so the point I was getting to is that uh, I, I've been given many examples of when a door being used in a cage match makes sense and it was a good finish. To me, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't, I don't care if it was used properly, if it was used perfectly. Walking through a door should not be a way to end the match. And by the way, having a referee valet the door open for you before you walk out is even more preposterous 
Nobody can sell me on the fact that opening a door and walking through it with the referee helping you is a way that you should win a match. Over the top, I'll I'll live with it. Uh, and also, pinfall and submission only would be the way that I would implement that. All right, let's uh, let's move on here. And what are we talking about next? I mean, you guys heard the whole raw review. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to belabor that point. But again, the Liv Morgan thing, guys. One thing I will say, I've already gone over how much how important this is to Liv's career. I will say that WWE put out just days following the Monday Night Raw show asking the fans on social media if they feel that she should receive another rematch for the Raw Women's Championship based on how that finish ended with Becky using the ropes as she did with Charlotte. And I believe Bianca, that's her signature finish now. And that is how WWE is gauging. One of the metrics WWE is going to use to gauge whether or not this support for Liv is real and to see how far they want to take this. So this is not by all means, by any means rather, a foregone conclusion that Liv is going to win the championship and or have another match, rematch and or have some kind of main event at a pay-per-view, again, where she captures the belt. None of this is guaranteed because I believe that they just decided, okay, let's give her a chance. Let's see how the fans truly react, how they really feel when she gets screwed over, which is exactly what I said would happen. And they did, and they she got screwed over in a what was a great, really good match. I should not great, but really good. And an emotional matchup for Liv, clearly on her face and from the video package, all just really good stuff. I think Liv is I mean, not. I don't think I know she's on the run of her career right now. I mean, not that she's had a you know particularly stelling, outstanding all star career. Let's be honest. But right now could be the start of something, and it's about time for us to support her. If you're a live fan, there's no better time. This is the time to do it because WWE transparently is asking the fans, are asking the fans, are you really on board with this? Do you believe she really deserves it? indifference is going to kill her career. Now, I'm not saying the fans are going to do this. I believe they will come to her aid. But right now, we need, the fans need to do a run-in collectively on her matchup to make sure she doesn't get screwed out of this opportunity in real life. So in real life, we all collectively need to do a run-in to make sure that uh, that doesn't happen. So I'm excited to see where they go with this. I believe it will be taken eventually to its ultimate conclusion of her being champion. And, of course, we got look, looking forward to AJ Styles and Omos. Do they have a breakup? AJ turning babyface, assumingly, assumingly would be the case against Omos. Um, and then uh, where does Kevin Owens fit in? Does Bobby Lashley get himself into the title picture? Spoiler alert, yes, he does. So, uh, all right, everybody, thank you so much. I know it's a little bit shorter than usual. You can probably hear my child crying in the background. I'm just trying to drown out that noise. Um, but uh, thank you, everybody, for listening and supporting the show. Consider going ad-free. Ad- ads are a pain in the neck. We know this listening. And so go ad-free for a dollar on Patreon. You get a shout-out. You get to go into this the Discord server with the other patrons and, of course, the ad-free everything, as well as on Apple Podcasts for $0.99 cents a month, $9.99 a year. You can get everything ad-free for this show And I think it's a hell of a deal, especially considering all the ads that are coming for the holiday season. So thank you so much, everybody. I'll be back. What the heck is it? Uh, Tomorrow night with a what if. It may not be live depending on uh, what's up with my my sleep schedule, my my children's schedule. But then Tuesday's the Raw Review. Wednesday's the Mailbag. 
and uh, we're going to continue right through Christmas. So thank you, everybody. I'll talk to you next time. Well, I can tell you, if you have a family, there's no better thing you can do to protect yourself and your family if something, God forbid, were to happen to you than to get life insurance. Now, I got to admit, it did take a little time for me to come around to life insurance, but I can tell you it is the best thing that I've done for my family because it has provided me with peace of mind. Again, if something were to happen to me, who's going to take care of my family if, if I'm not able to? And life insurance provides that peace of mind, knowing that if something were to happen to you, your family is going to be taken care of. So who do I recommend? What do I recommend? Well, it's pretty darn simple, guys. Head on over to dreambuilderstrategies.com. That's dreambuilderstrategies.com. You fill out a quick form. You can get a, a quote. Don't put this off, guys. Don't put yourself or your family in jeopardy if something were to happen to you. Get that peace of mind. Head on over to dreambuilderstrategies.com today. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com and for all of these shows ad free head over to patreon.com slash wwe podcast until then we'll see you next time